Hi, Ridge here, recording from my desk. Welcome to another episode of Make Your Feature Film. Today we are going to be talking about how to make your film look super professional regardless of what camera you're shooting on, even if you only have your iPhone. Today's episode is brought to you by Simplified Filming. If you're interested in becoming a full-time filmmaker or turning your story your uh, creativity into a full-time business, go and join the tribe over at simplifiedfilming.com. Today I want to talk to you about what it's going to take for you to make your film absolutely stunning to look at. Over the last couple days, I watched a couple different films. Right now, actually, what inspired this, so I paused the movie, I'm sitting at my desk, I'm watching the movie called The Lie, starring Zoe King, uh, Amazon original. And it's a super grainy movie. There's like a lot of grain in it. But you know why that doesn't bother me? Because the shot composition is amazing. I watched Silver Linings Playbook last night on DVD. Super shaky camera footage. Like, it, it felt like an independent shot it. But that sh- super shaky camera footage was deliberate. They didn't just go and, oh, just have some stupid independent shoot it. No. Every single movement, every single time that they whip the camera over to another person and then whip it back, each time they're specifically framing the shot so it looks professional and it feels good. So here's a couple tips that I want to give to all filmmakers out there. Second of all, well, first of all, I would like to talk about my story and how I made my first feature film, though I shot it on a Canon 60D, which is like a $1,000 camera. You could probably pick one up for like $300 now. Yeah, probably because I actually, when I sold my camera, I sold all my lenses, my flashes, the camera bag, all my batteries, cards and everything for a thousand bucks right now you could probably pick one up just the body alone maybe for 150 to 300 dollars something like that don't quote me on that but that's what we shot it on because that's what we had and that's what i knew what makes the beast stand out from the rest is shot composition when we wrote the shot list in post-production in pre-production We literally sat down and said, here are the rules. Anytime we show this, this is going to be the lens we use. This is going to be the type of shot we're going to do. So we followed a very specific rule for each character and each style of shot. We said, opening shots of all scenes are going to be establishing shots. Then we cut to a medium wide, establishing what's going on within the scene, and then We're going to cut to the -the over-the-shoulder shots. We followed very specific rules and very specific guidelines that made our movie feel congruitive. It made it feel like it was shot by professionals just on a shitty camera. The shot compositions were good. It's just, you know, and in all... With the exception of a few cinematographers, nobody's ever commented on the shot composition, which is a good thing because 
Your shot composition needs to be invisible. Of course, filmmakers like yourself and me, that's what we notice. We pay attention to that. But for the most part, it needs to feel invisible. I believe that's actually a quote from Roger Deakins. It just needs to be simple. It needs to be framed correctly so things don't feel off. They need to feel comfortable. Each time that you frame a shot, you got to think about um, a couple tips here. When you frame a shot, think about vanishing lines. If you're an artist, you understand what that is. If you're not an artist and you don't like paint or draw, a vanishing line is basically any lines or any where the horizon disappears. That's basically what it is. And you've got to make sure that your subject in your shot is not conflicting with the, the vanishing point or the horizon, unless that's the objective. Like horror film, obviously, you want the vanishing line to be way behind them and not on your subject. Unfortunately, I can't show you examples. I want to do videos about this in the future, but the, the main takeaway that I want you to, to take away from this is I don't care what camera you shoot on. Nobody cares. I mean, we have TikTok for God's sakes. I, I'm watching this video, The Lie, and it's, it's grainy AF. And same with Silver Lining Playbook. Super grainy. Super underlit. But the shot composition was deliberate. It felt right. So it's all about how you frame the shot. So stop thinking so much about the expensive cameras and the lenses and the lights you need and start thinking about how you're going to frame the shots. How do you think that cinematographers or popular uh, uh, photographers become real popular? Because they bought the most expensive cameras on the market? F no. They became popular because they know how to frame a shot that looks beautiful. And it's not just because of the lighting. It's not just because they have the most expensive lens and the right focal length. It's because they know how to frame a shot that looks attractive. They know how to frame a shot that makes you pay attention to what you need to pay attention in the frame. They know how to block a scene, meaning they know how to shoot the over-the-shoulder shots during the conversations. They know how to shoot the opening shots and then cut in to the medium wides and cut to what the and show what you need to see during the scenes. That's what a good cinematographer does, and hopefully a director also is making these choices. You as a director, you absolutely need to be aware of these. I, I truly believe, especially since the phone that I'm literally recording this thing on, this podcast on, is a better camera than I shot my first feature film on. Because we are in an environment... And such a wonderful, beautiful time in filmmaking history that it doesn't matter what camera you shoot it on. All that matters is that you're telling a good story. And you are the eyeballs, as a cinematographer, you are the eyeballs to telling that story. You tell the audience how to view the scene. Whether it's above their eye line to make them feel inferior or below their eye line to make them feel dominant. All of these things come into play. 
definitely check out uh, Roger Deakins. Not Roger Deakins. I wish he had a master class. Um, Philip Bloom. He has a master class on shot composition. Go to philipbloom.com or just look up Philip Bloom, period, <laughs> on the internet. He has master classes on shot compositions. What shot compositions actually mean and how they, how they uh, communicate. Okay, this, this is hundreds of years. Oh, not hundreds. Well, no, because even shot composition goes back to painting. So yeah, it's hundreds, it's thousands of years of composition that tell us humans how to view something. Look up at something when you want it to feel more dominant. Look down at something when you want it to feel inferior. Over-the-shoulder shots feel like you're a third-party viewing. If it's not over the shoulder, but just cut back and forth with no dirty shots, meaning you don't have their actual shoulder in the shot, that has a different feeling. Understand this. Study it. Because this is what's going to make your film stand out. Because it doesn't matter if you shoot it on a cheap-ass camera and you don't have the time to get really good lighting or something like that. Just make your feature film. Study these things. Study what shot compositions mean. So that and, and practice and practice. Even if you just set up one day, like I'm gonna just do a five shot thing where I come in the house, read a letter, and realize my mortgage is past due. Sit down and break open a bottle. Right. So and practice. Like shoot it five different ways. I've done this before. We were doing a little zombie horror thing. Guy wakes up, opens a can of food, and then hears zombies come and he pulls out his gun. Of course, we didn't have zombies. All we had was a guy and an old truck and a tarp and some cans of food and a little fireplace. And so we shot it in five different styles of cinematography as practice, just to practice different ways to communicate. Do things like this. Practice and to see what shot composition feels like and different ways to tell stories. Because you can't replace knowledge for experience. So yes, definitely go online. Look at what shot composition is. Then go out and practice it so it starts ingraining into your brain. So that way when you go out to shoot your first feature film, because you will. Because I believe you're a talented, passionate filmmaker. And that's why you're listening to this podcast. There's no reason you... There's nothing that should be holding you back, other than money, as I talk about, from making your first feature film. But if you go just whipping the camera around and things aren't framed right, they're not framed on thirds, and things feel uncomfortable, your film's going to look like garbage. But if it's not lit right, and you have fantastic sound, subject for another day, and your shot composition is good, people are going to forgive the fact that you shot it on your iPhone, or maybe that you shot it in 720p, or something like that. They're going to forgive it. Because again, we're in a very exciting time. People just want unique stories. So it's time to tell your story. It's time to make your movie. Do a good job on your cinematography. Follow the tips and tricks of artists, painters, and cinematographers for thousands of years. Because it's ingrained in our minds. And in the meantime, always be creating.